what's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. Thank you to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Spiritless. To Dine For The Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit americannational.com dine. Spiritless supports the conscientious cocktailer who wants to live fully but drink differently. Their signature Kentucky 74 is a distilled non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails. It's zero alcohol zero guilt, and just 15 calories per serving. Whether you go completely spiritless or go halfsies with a foolproof bourbon to lower the ABV in your cocktail, you can get your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use promo code to dine for to get free shipping. You're listening to To Dine For The Podcast. I'm Kate Sullivan. Join me as we meet the world's most innovative and brilliant minds at their favorite restaurant. I had to start the company because it was like, who else would do it if I don't? On today's episode is Jason Maiden, former designer for Nike who created his own company, Super Heroic. His journey from Chicago's South Side to becoming a designer for Nike and helping to craft the highest grossing shoe of all time is truly jaw-dropping. Today, at Giordano's restaurant in Hyde Park, Jason shares the incredible moments that allowed him to walk towards his dream and achieve it. His beautiful life philosophy and the roots of his creativity are just some of the gems to take away from this meal with meaning. Today we're on the south side of Chicago in the Hyde Park neighborhood, headed to Giordano's Deep Dish Pizza. Let me tell you, there are few foods that are more iconic in Chicago than deep dish pizza. Wait till you see this pizza. But it's the story of why we're here that is so fascinating. Jason Maiden, how are you? You may not recognize this guy or the neighborhood he grew up in, but you most likely recognize the iconic shoes he created. They are some of the best-selling sneakers of all time, the Air Jordans and the Air Monarchs. Jason went from being the first intern for the Jordan brand to a top designer, creating sneakers for some of the biggest names in sports. His undeniable drive and determination made him one of Nike's most successful designers. We are in Hyde Park at Giordano's, a Chicago staple. Uh, it's awesome. This is a neighborhood I spent a lot of time in playing basketball, going to Kenwood to hang out, going you know, to the museums that are not too far from here, going to the African bookstores and spending time, you know, what we call building knowledge itself. Yeah. Um, so, so much of my intellectual and spiritual side come from being in this neighborhood. 
Does it look like how you remember it? Mm -hmm. The name is Giordano's, and for those unfamiliar, it is classic deep dish pizza in all of its glorious cheesy goodness. The very first Giordano's restaurant was opened in 1974 on the city's south side. Two brothers immigrated from Italy and brought their mama's recipe. It must have meant a lot that Jason chose Giordano's as his favorite restaurant in the country. It, it, it does mean a lot. I'm like, you know, food connects people. It's a very proud moment when someone uh, of the magnitude of Jason chooses, you know, the Giordano's, our Giordano's restaurant. It's the, it's the love we put in the pizza. It's the ingredients are the freshest you can get. What Giordano's, what Deep Dish Pizza, what Chicago represents to me is that work ethic, that blue collar immigrant work ethic. Because the South Side was such a beautiful mixture of first generation Irish, first generation Italian, first generation from the South, meaning the blacks that moved up. So you had this hustle embedded into the spirit of the city, specifically this part of the city. And um, so much of the flavors of that pizza remind me of that hustle. Like the brothers that started it all, it is true grit that got Jason where he is today. My whole childhood was was revolved around Chicago and, and, and pizza. Deep but dish pizza is a meal. It's a meal, and it's, right? a, it's an experience. Yes. I mean, from the moment you see him walk out and the sauce is on top, your whole world is shattered. It's like, yo, there's no cheese on top? Like, what is it? <laughs> Everything is not what you expect it to be. Um, but then it's just the complexity of the flavors, right? It, it, it's, it's similar to the complexity of our city. Mm. Our city is such a mashup of different cultures. Behold, a Chicago classic, stuffed with sausage and Wisconsin cheese. The bottom layer is dough, filled with a choice of toppings in between. Then another layer of dough on top of that. Tomato pureed sauce made every day from the finest tomatoes in Northern California, blankets the pie. And then the spectacular crust, flaky, almost pastry-like, pure awesomeness. Complementing the delicious pizza are the appetizers. The bruschetta with a beautiful green basil, ripe tomatoes, and savory vinaigrette, perfectly toasted with a little bit of butter. Then there's the signature house salad with spring greens, baby tomatoes, and shaved fennel, tossed in lemon vinaigrette with Asiago cheese. I just want to hug it. <laughs> Chicago has such a blended culture that yes. people don't talk about. Very segregated city but a very blended shared culture. Um, yeah, and the pizza to me is the, once again, it's at the center of it all. And it's one, it's one type of food that everyone can agree on, 100%. right? 100%. It's just, it's comforting, it's rich, it's delicious. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's like an edible hug. <laughs> it's an edible hug, I like yeah. that. To really understand Jason's story, you have to begin at the beginning. You have to travel to Chicago's South Side on the very block where he grew up. So, what neighborhood are we in? We are in Chicago, and this is the Roseland, kind of Pullman district area, so Roseland area. Um, we call it the Wild Wild Hundreds. Rolling through the Wild Wild Hundreds on the south side of Chicago on a beautiful sunny day, it's easy to forget what really goes on here. Chicago's violence is a persistent problem, drawing national and international headlines. A person is shot in the city every three hours. What does it mean to grow up here? Yeah, you know, to grow up in this part of Chicago, um, in this neighborhood, in the era that I grew up in, it means that I'm resilient. You know, so many people who sacrifice to move to Chicago for new opportunities, you know, it, they carry the spirit of entrepreneurship, 
and hustle, as we call it. Mm -hmm. um, didn't make excuses for themselves, and they sacrificed for a greater good. So I think that that's the reason why I carry myself the way I do, with humility and honesty, because when you have nothing, all you have is your name and your word. And so I, I was raised that way. When you grow up in Roseland, right, in Pullman area, people have certain expectations of you. And so you're already put in a box. How do you break out of that box? Um, you don't believe that there is a box. Hmm. I mean, I don't, to break out of a box is to acknowledge that one exists. That's basically being born in a cage. I never was intellectually or spiritually shackled. I wasn't raised to believe I was in a box. But who teaches you that? Because that seems to be one of the things that differentiates you. You never felt like you were in a box. Mm -hmm. As a kid, I was always, thank you, I was always um, different, you know. Uh, I like things that now are pop culture. Like, I was really into science fiction and mystery books and comic books and math and, you know, all the things that today are very prevalent in education and pop culture. Back then it wasn't. It wasn't something I was socially accepted to willingly, openly say that I'm a nerd and I like it. So you kind of just build resilience and, and you fall in love with yourself and accept that God gives you a special appointment and an assignment. And if you look at all the things that the world considers different or broken, you, you miss the assignment. And so he doesn't choose the most prepared person. He prepares the person he chooses. When Jason was 10 years old, his biggest inspiration was not a real person, but a fictional character, Lucius Fox, an inventor, designer, creator at Wayne Enterprises in the Batman comic series. Um, he was also the guy who made all of Batman's gadgets. Okay. And he was a, a technical mastermind. He was a businessman. He was, a, you know, a loyal friend of Bruce Wayne's father. Um, and he also was a black man. And I had never seen a person who was like me, like who was technical, who wanted to build things, who was eloquent, ran a company, was creative and accepted and, you know, heralded for his talent. So I adopted him as almost like a mentor. Like I would read Batman comic books just to hear about Lucius Fox, even though he didn't pop up a lot. So Lucius Fox looked like you. Yeah. And so you felt like you could be like him because oh, yeah. it reminded you of what you looked like. Jason had more than one idol. And like other superheroes, this one could fly too, but on the basketball court. My other inspiration was Michael Jordan. I couldn't be Michael Jordan. Like I, I loved him. I loved the way he played. I loved what he stood for. I loved how he pushed himself to be great, but I also understood that he occupied the space of being Michael. And so I figured if I could be like Lucius Fox and Michael is like Batman, then maybe I can work for him one day and create the gadgets that he uses. Did you know what went into becoming a designer? Not a clue. Not a clue. Went back, had conversations with um, my track and field coach, actually. And he gave me an article and there was a small blurb about a guy who interned at Toyota, and he also interned at Nike. Then he said, I don't know what school this kid went to, but you need to find out where he went to school because you want to get to Nike. He got there, try to find out where he's at. So I called Toyota in Japan, um, left a message, uh, you know, basically telling them, this is what I'm interested in, this is what I want to do, this is why um, I'm reaching out, and I got a call back from the head of design. He instructed me to look in areas that were close to home. So he said, listen, CCS is only four hours from Chicago. It's in Detroit. Being a designer is exceptionally hard. If you fail, it's a shorter drive home, you know, versus living in California sure. where Art Center is at. You have to fly home and that's, it's a harder environment. So I took that advice, called CCS, um, drove up there, advocated for myself and my parents, got into the school on probation because I wasn't, my portfolio was horrible. 
Um, I didn't know design. I, I, was a, I was an artist, not a designer just yet. And um, moved in, you know, got into school, thankfully. Moved in first day in the, in the way to, at least my belief system with, with God, he put me as the next door neighbor to the guy in the article. And we lived next to each other. And what was crazy, the guy lived in room 503, which if, if you know Oregon, that's the area code of Portland, of Beaverton. Wow. So it was all these little signs like, you're right where you're supposed to be at this moment. Jason's journey to pursue his dreams started at the College for Creative Studies in Detroit. He became Jordan Brand's first design intern at Nike in Portland when he was just 19. At Nike, he proved himself over and over again. He went on to make history and create the redesign of the Monarch, the highest grossing Nike shoe ever. During all of this, he pursued higher education and got his MBA from Stanford. And not just to work for Nike, but to work on crafting the Michael Jordan shoe. 100%, 100%. And so from high school all the way through your time in Detroit, learning design, you're thinking, if I can just get to Nike, if I can just get in the design team, if I can just work on the Air Jordan shoe, and you did it. It wasn't if I just, it was when I do. Mm. I never told myself it was impossible. I put Nike's corporate headquarter on my ceiling, so I had an image that every morning I woke up, I saw the headquarters. Every time I went to sleep, I saw the headquarters. You know, I gave it, I made it real for myself. Because so many people have goals and dreams and aspirations, but until you make it real and you become almost obsessed with achieving that goal, then there's an option of failure. And for me, there was no fail. It was either win or, win or learn. We'll have more from our delicious meal in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors. To Dine For, the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National Agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National Agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com dine. If you're like me, there are times when you want to feel like you're having a fancy cocktail, but you don't actually want the alcohol. So I love Kentucky 74 from Spiritless. It's a distilled, non-alcoholic spirit for your favorite bourbon cocktails, but with just 15 calories per serving and none of the guilt. You can pre-order your bottle today at spiritless.com. Use the promo code to dine for to get free shipping. Now back to our conversation. What was it about it? Why did you want to work for Nike so much? I mean, it was the only platform that showed young African-American men healthy, successful, engaged in critical discourse, leading the conversation in pop culture. You look at the commercials that Spike Lee produced for Michael Jordan. Then you look at the campaigns that came out of the 90s with Nike. I mean, they, was, they were talking directly to me. And they were so authentic and so real. It wasn't a marketing tactic. It was an expression of youth. Mm. And that gave me a sense of direction because there was no one at that time that really was speaking to the creative youth. Jason gives credit to Phil Knight, Nike's co-founder, for mentoring him. And Mr. Knight, people say a lot of things about that man, but 
what he did for me was personal. He personally gave me a chance. It wasn't a company, like the founder literally spoke with me, paid for me to go to grad school to Stanford. Like he invested in me. Yeah. So the kid who believed that they would grew up to see it happen. So when you actually got the job and you get in there and you're in Portland, right? Yeah. You're, you're in the south side of Chicago to Portland, Oregon. Yeah. How did you go about even create, drawing on inspiration to create and craft a shoe? It, it was me being my authentic self. Um, my inspiration comes from reading and history. Like, I'm a big fan of Stoic philosophy. I think I talk about it often. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of comic books. I'm a big fan of history books. Because when you connect behaviors to you know, specific or desired outcomes, you can really see the connective tissue between everything. And I talk about connective tissue because I do feel that we all share something in common. What was it like through all that dreaming, through all the Nike on the ceiling, to into Detroit, getting to Portland, what was it like at that moment when you created an Air Jordan and to be on stage with him? To go through everything I went through and to be on a stage in New York presenting you know, my Air Jordan, my story, explaining my why and my narrative, then had my father and my mother backstage, spending time with Michael, talking with Michael, getting to know him. It was surreal. Like, I literally realized at that moment, I wasn't crazy. Because, you, th- you know, when you talk about wow. doing the things I want to do, or anybody with a dream, people think you're crazy. Because it's called vision for a reason, because only certain people can see it. And sometimes that, that certain person may only be you. Oh my God, it's this good. <laughs> wow. It's magical. It's really good. Yeah, it's made with unicorn tears. <laughs> but really, where, where does it all begin? Like, where does your inspiration come from when it comes to design? It comes from um, people. You know, a lot of my inspiration comes from the observation of people and behaviors and understanding emotional intelligence. But I wanted to meet as many people as possible yeah. just to hear stories. And that's what drives me, the stories of people, and then reflecting that back in product. Is it, is it a matter of drawing inspiration from others or is it trying to create something truly original? I think it's a blend of both, you know, because to be truly original is to know what has been done before. Mm-hmm. After years designing for Nike, Jason knew he wanted to strike out on his own and created a company called Super Heroic, athletic wear and shoes to inspire kids to run, jump and play and never lose their sense of childhood imagination. The concept of selling shoes and and clothes for kids is not new. The concept of a superhero is not new. But those two things have never been brought together. So in our company, we talk about use something common in an uncommon way. Originality is uncommon thoughts. And there is no doubt that the inspiration for the superheroic brand started right here in Roseland in the wild, wild hundreds, where play fueled Jason and his friends. It's crazy because I remember my favorite moments of play happening just right in the street, playing football with moving cars coming in. It's just we didn't know we weren't supposed to be happy because, you know, this neighborhood and the way people describe it, they talk about it as as if it's a wasteland of hope, when in reality, it was the most creative, inspiring, fun place I could remember. It was better than where I live now, which is in Palo Alto, because it was pure. It was a community. When you all equally don't have something, what you share is your time. And so we shared our time together playing in these streets. That was just how we were raised. We didn't have much. It wasn't a badge of honor to eat ramen noodles and wear the same clothes every day. That's literally how we lived. And it wasn't that we were poor like I've seen in third world countries, but 
we were economically disadvantaged considering that we live in a city of abundance. And um, I think that spirit of thankfulness and creating something out of nothing is what gives me the strategic advantage to do what I'm doing. When you understand the universal language of play, you can simplify and dissect humanity into two discrete moments. There's life and then there's death. And in between, it's the memories you create. That's what we seek. That's what we, that's what we look for as children, but then it's stripped away from us in adulthood. We're told we need to be responsible. We need to be focused. We need to be serious. But I refuse to accept that mm -hmm. because childhood to me is a mindset. It's a spirit. It's a disposition. And the moment you stop playing is the moment you begin to die. Play is such an innate sense a purpose, innate sense of wonder, that that's what helps fuel the work that I do. I have to look at the world for the first time every day. Mm -hmm. I can't look at it and say, I've seen that before. But it wasn't the neighborhood that would pose one of the biggest challenges of his life. At the age of seven, Jason would battle a villain, a deadly blood infection known as septicemia. Being in a hospital and being on my deathbed at seven and hearing that same phrase, if he makes it, if he wakes up, if he's going to be okay, and people not knowing if septicemia would take my life or if I would be stable as a young child. So I had already been faced with a circumstance where my life was on the line and I overcame that. So I just refused to listen to people once again, you know, plant their fears onto me. A kid in the inner city in Chicago may face different obstacles, but the emotions and the feeling of not being seen and not being valued are the same as a kid in Atherton, which is one of the richest zip codes on the planet. I see it because I live in both worlds. Jason remembers his grandmother's house as the epicenter of this neighborhood. Why do you think Jason was so successful when so many of his friends were not? Well, Jason had a man of his own. He's always had a mindset. He's one of those kids that you could never tell what to do. And know? he seems to take any negative and make it a positive. Right. He don't see no negative, you know, he don't believe in that. How, how is that? He doesn't believe in negative. He doesn't believe in nothing negative. He just knows that if you, if you make up your mind, you can do it. It may not be easy, but you can make it. In the hard work, he's yes, a hustler. He, he is. What is a superhero to you? Oh, superheroes are people who are selfless. All superheroes are selfless. I, you know, I think you might find a couple of wayward superheroes that become villains through egoism and losing sight of their mission. But at the end of the day, if you take someone like Bruce Wayne, wealthy, suave, charismatic, all the resources in the world, the thing that drove him was his vengeance for his parents being murdered. But then at the end of the day, once he finally did capture the people who did what they did to him, and he still continued to fight for what was right in the shadows. It captures humanity in our purest form, which is this notion of our job is to be servants of people, of others. We're supposed to sacrifice ourselves and our wants for the betterment of all of us. Tell me about your decision to start your own company Yeah. and obviously name it Super Heroic. I've always wanted to do my own thing. I never had the confidence to do my own thing because I became accustomed to being behind the scenes and like empowering other people. In this moment, in this day and age, I felt the urgency to help build stronger children instead of fixing broken adults. That's how I like to phrase it. Mm. I'm playing a long game. I'm trying to catch them before they before they're taught how to be racist or sexist or you know, xenophobic. I want to catch them when they can show up to a playground and see another kid and don't recognize that kid is not like them, but still want to ask that question, can I play with you? That's purity. And if we encourage that enough, you get critical mass, then you can see that exponential growth and empathy that I'm trying to preserve within childhood. So I had to start the company because it was like, 
who else would do it if I don't? I can sit back and complain or I could just put my life and my resources on the line and be a solution. Even though you are a designer, you're really a storyteller because everything about you comes down to the stories and the why behind what you're doing. And there's, it, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's comic books or video games, it's all a story. And then the lessons learned and where do you go from there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I'm a storyteller because I was an introvert for most of my, most of my life. Mm -hmm. So I had a good chance to listen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the best storytellers are, also, are often the best observers of life. The people in the corner that are overlooked, the smaller kids, the, the adult that's kind of a recluse that stands back is a little bit shy. And we get a chance to just watch the world. And we get a chance to see things that people can't notice because we're invisible. When I was a little kid that was mixed, that was sickly, that was into math, like I was invisible. So it gave me a chance to be everywhere. Physical play is so vital towards healthy development. It builds persistence, it builds resilience, it helps with goal setting, which is called social higher order thinking. It builds collaboration, it, it leverages creativity. So imagine if you go out as a family and you go to a playground and all of a sudden, because of your mobile device, you can transform that playground into a superhero training facility. Mm. And your kid can now be the main character in that story. What's next for you? Um, after Super Rock or mm -hmm. just in life? Oh, well, I want to run for mayor of Chicago. Do you really? Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Is I this the first time you've said that publicly? I want to come back to the city and I want to be engaged in redesigning it. Chicago doesn't have a crime problem. It has a branding issue. It's a branding problem. We're branded wrong. Chicago in and of itself is a brand. If you look at it like that, you can see some of the, the missteps in how it's been branded. It hasn't changed its narrative since the 60s. We still subscribe to the same narrative, the same policies, the same way of thinking. I did not know I, I was going to have lunch with a future politician. This is great. <laughs> how would you help or give advice to someone who is from the south side of Chicago, that walking the same path, yeah. who wants to do what you did, but thinks it's impossible? that particularly people of color are told that we have to work twice as hard to get half as far, that's a lie. That's a complete lie. Because you're not born because of the color of your skin and where you grew up. So when you, if someone comes from the South Side, they need to realize that how they're growing up is actually a strategic advantage. You're a survivalist by sheer nature of where you live, and you're a creator by sheer nature of where you live. You don't have a lot, so you create it. You don't, you don't know what tomorrow may bring, so you have to learn how to navigate and be strategic. Those are all the foundational principles of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's how you survive. Mm -hmm. you know? So that's why when we see these massive companies come out of Silicon Valley, they're usually from immigrants, people who come here and have to figure everything out. I believe if you look at growing up in the inner city and you look at the corollary of being an immigrant, it's very similar. You come here, you don't have a, you know, we're already a step ahead by being here. So if people come here from other countries and succeed, there's no excuse. <laughs> right, There's exactly. no excuse. I'd like to make a toast to you. Thank you for joining me for this meal. Thank you for bringing me here to Giordano's. Thank and thank you. you for sharing your story and your truth. Thank Cheers. You. Thank you. Thanks, Jason. Cheers, cheers. After a huge meal at Giordano's with Jason Maiden, I am full, literally and figuratively. When I wore this bracelet, I didn't know your full story. But, you know, redefine the impossible is so aspirational and it's such a huge goal. Mm -hmm. But I think if it, with your life, it comes back to comic books mm -hmm. and people who are superheroes, they redefine the impossible and yeah, they create it. something out of nothing. Yeah. And that's what you've done with your career. And the thing about superheroes is they, they lose too. 
So, and but what you see is they keep getting back up. They keep fighting. They keep believing that their purpose and mission is something that's worth dying for. You got to have that. It's clear not all superheroes wear capes. Sometimes they're in ball caps and camouflage. They don't have swords or lightsabers, but they have something even better, their own words. What they tell themselves and what they tell the world has the power to change everything. Thanks for listening to To Dine For The Podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at todinefor with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National and Spiritless. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.